Waterfall, the CCW podcast. Hello and welcome to Waterfall. It's the water saving podcast, the podcast that helps you save water, save money, help the environment and combat climate change. I'm here with my super duper extra special co-host. It's Karen. I, th- I think that should have just been long-suffering. <laughs> long-suffering. Well, on that theme, Karen, if you want to get in touch with the show, what email address would you use? <laughs> You're really testing my memory now, but it's podcast at ccwater.org.uk. Clearly an address that you use regularly, Karen. <laughs> uh, but please do get in touch. We love hearing from you. And you have been getting in touch with us, which is always fantastic. Now, we are super excited about today's show. Not just because of the presence of producer Tom, who is here lurking as always in Hi the background. Hi everyone, hello. Tom is the most popular of the waterfall team. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a reason for that. It's a race yeah. to the barn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not surprised. <laughs> um, but, it, but we're all a bit excited today because we've not just got one guest. We have got two guests. And the theme of today's show is being water wise. Now, waterfall, we look at helping your water use fall. But we are not the only people that know about this. I mean, that's hard to believe because we are holding up Karen as the number one guru on this. But, but I know that's hard to believe that there are other people who know what they're talking about in this space. And we are bringing them in today because there's an organization called Waterwise who do this stuff all the time. And they're coming in to tell us about the brilliant work they do and giving us hints or tips, a lot to look forward to in this show. No, that sounds really good. Mike, before we get into that, can I just... I was going to talk about the news story I saw the other day about a guy who was afraid that um, if he used soap and water, it would make him ill. Was he Glaswegian? <laughs> Surprisingly not. Um, but he um, apparently, he managed to avoid it for 50 years, decided he suddenly would go and um, have a wash, and unfortunately has died shortly after. Did he like, slip on the suit? I don't think so. <laughs> so this guy's, how old is he? Um, I think he's, uh, he died at nine, 94. 94, so he hadn't washed since he was 44 years old. <laughs> well, apparently um, his uh, neighbours tried to encourage him to, but um, to no avail. But um, he finally gave in a few months ago, but as I say, he became ill shortly after. So hold on, hold on. What's the moral of that story then? Because I'm taking from that is that not washing is clearly good for you and washing is bad. <laughs> is, that, is that not what, what you take from this? Well, it certainly shows you some extreme habits. <laughs> it certainly does. I bet his personal water consumption was exceptionally low. Um, I mean, I, I know this has come up in the, uh, the Waterfall office. Um, Waterfall HQ, uh, you know, their, my, my washing habits. I mean, I, I, yeah, and I know this is a, an area where there's a lot of discussion because I think it's okay to skip a shower. If you've not been doing any physical exercise and you've just been lounging around doing that, not much, and you don't stink, then why not? I, I'd agree. The odd shower missed here and there's no bad thing, but um, I think for 50 years it's taking it to ex- an extreme. I agree. Shall we check in with the millennial? And what does the millennial, where does the millennial stand on this? Producer Tom, where do you stand on there? Is it okay to skip a shower if I, you've not done much? I think it is, but I don't like that feeling of not having showered in a day. 
I think that is a millennial thing that slightly, you're still a little bit sweaty. You know what I mean? That's what I feel. So Tom is saying, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying, in principle, you agree, but practice, you always have I that. mean, yeah. Have you shown with you have a day, Tom? Just, just the one, Mike. But I would say, I'd love to see that guy have his final shower. Be like one of those weird rug cleaning videos or something <laughs> like Oh, no, Karen flashed me a picture of the guy. It's not, it's not a pretty scene. No, no. Um, he hasn't bathed for half a century. It's not, yeah. and, and sorry, can you confirm whether or not he was from Glasgow? Uh, no, he was. By way of a run. Glasgow no, by way of a run. He was Iranian, right. Okay, great story, Karen. I love, I, love, I love this. Right, so today we're getting in Waterwise. Two guests. Now, Karen, this, to me, this is a bit like one of those movies where they pitch pitch, you know, big names up against each other. It's like you are Rambo, okay, on a personal mission to make everyone more water efficient. And they're like the A-team. It's like Rambo meets the A-team. That's what's happening today. I'm slightly disturbed that that's the way you see me, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) But you're on this personal mission, you know. And then you meet in the A-team. Although it's not versus, is it? Because you're all on the same side. It's like Rambo and the A-team get together. Okay. And then have a nice cup of tea. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope it all ends amicably. <laughs> let's bring on the guests. The human body is roughly 60% water. This podcast is 100. Well, the excitement levels are incredible here at, at Waterfall HQ because, you know, not one but two guests. And we are we're really pleased to welcome Steph Hurry and Nathan Richardson from Waterwise to Waterfall. Hello, guys. Hi there, Mike. Great to be here. Hiya. Well, we don't quite know what to do. We've got two guests. So you guys work for Waterwise. So let's just start at the beginning. Tell us about Waterwise. What, what, do, what do you do? Well, I'll kick off, shall I? Um, so basically, we were set up in 2005 and we're a water efficiency NGO. So we're really focused just on water efficiency in the UK. Um, we're a not-for-profit. We cover the whole of the UK and... We work with and are supported by all the water companies, plus a whole load of other sort of businesses and regulators across the UK to do what we do. And we've got a vision, which is water's going to be used wisely everywhere, every day, by everyone. So that's what we're trying to achieve. And and Nathan, can you tell us why it's so important to use water, you know, wisely? Well, from my perspective, I think I've got a couple of couple of really good reasons. I think why we need to use water wisely. The first is we need secure water supplies. So we all expect to turn the tap on uh, and get water out of it, but we can't take that for granted. So climate change, uh, the need to protect the environment, population growth, that's all putting a lot of pressure on our water supplies. And we've actually, it's been calculated, we've got a big deficit. So the actual demand for water is potentially gonna exceed the supply, what's available to supply by about 4 billion liters of water a day. So there's a huge, a huge sort of gap. So we need to save water to try and plug that gap, basically. Um, and then the other reason that, that I'd have is, is is around sort of carbon footprint and climate change. So every every litre of water we use has a carbon footprint. And I worked out today that um, a typical household over a year will, will emit about a tonne of greenhouse gases through their water use in their home. Um, so yeah, a significant proportion of water of, of of carbon emissions are coming from how we're using water in the home is about five to six percent of total UK emissions. So there's a big opportunity if we save water 
we use less uh, we use less energy, we use less hot water, and we can reduce our carbon emissions. We've um, we've mentioned that figure of four billion liters, the the the, the gap between supply and demand, a, a few times. And one of the things that that we always strike us is that. If you're listening to this and you don't work in the water sector, that, that figure is so hard to comprehend. I mean, how do you even begin to sort of visualize what that looks like or what that means so that people can understand just how big a challenge it is? Well, it's like finding about 25% more water. That's one way, one way, one way to look at it. Um, I guess potentially we could try and convert it into swimming pools, but. I don't think most people really understand swimming pools. Either. Yeah, we've already established that that's a rubbish measure. <laughs> so it's, it's like it's like trying to find another twenty five percent of water um, to meet the you know to be fit for the future. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a staggering amount of water, isn't it? So, water wise, you've been around for a while. You said you've been in existence for right quite a long time now. What 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 would you say has been your biggest achievement since since you've been alive? Um, I guess I'll jump in there. So I know that Nathan will want to talk about some of the amazing stuff that we've done in regards to Water Label. Um, but for me personally, coming from the kind of campaigns background, I would say it's more our awareness that we're getting in terms of with media coverage. Um, and I know that Nikki's been on BBC Breakfast, for example. Um, I was on Sky News. Um, we've done lots of different kind of the climate show different segments talking about water um, and it's just great to see a small team of essentially eight people um, who will work from home kind of having that big impact out there in the wide world um, and having my friends neighbors you know family say oh Steph I saw you on telly the other day um, you were talking about water and kind of asking me what that meant does are we running out of water and being able to have really good conversations around kind of the drought that we've experienced this summer and the need to save water so i think for me that's probably um getting water wise out there a bit better and in, into the big wide world steph have you noticed a difference in the way people are um behaving in terms of their water use i would say so yes I think definitely from this year where we had that really long, dry, hot period. I mean, it was drier, um, the driest summer on record since I think 1972. And uh, it's just, I think people's uh, appetite for water sufficiency has sort of changed. There was a bit more of an understanding, I think, because it was obviously you could see outside how dry the ground was. The grass had all gone, you know, yellow, brown. And there were messages from pretty much almost all of the water companies in regards to potential water hosepipe bans that sort of thing so i think it was really on people's tips of their tongues um people really had the kind of understanding the only thing i would say is it then did rain a little bit and i do think people sort of thought oh it's rained now we don't need to worry about this anymore so that's the real challenge trying to keep that at the forefront of people's minds actually we may have had a little bit of rain it might seem quite rainy at the moment but actually we are still in that kind of position um, and we do still need to kind of carry on saving water so that we have a better summer next year and obviously going forward. We've just done a, a, sh- a podcast with the Met Office actually and they were very clear about the fact that there's a lot to catch up on in terms of water resources so even if it, even if it does rain quite a bit there's an awful lot to catch up. How do you get that kind of message, which isn't necessarily intuitive, into people's heads? Because that, that feels like a real challenge for all of us who are working uh, in, in this area. 
I don't know if Nathan, you wanted to jump in, but yeah, I think it is really about trying to get people to understand that it's not so much about immediate rainfall equals water availability and kind of the, the fact that we need to recharge, you know, the aquifers and um, also about the environment with the dry rivers and things like that. It's, it isn't a case of just a small amount of rain. We need kind of consistent rain over a long period of time to help with all of that. Um, and primarily over the winter periods is when we generally see that kind of recharge and we've had quite a few dry winters over the last few years so that's why you sort of see these issues coming to forefront in the summer um but it's trying to i guess educate and raise the awareness for those different factors so that people can understand oh hang on just one day of rain or a few weeks of rain doesn't mean that actually we're back to kind of square one or we're back to having really bountiful water i, th I think the um the other thing is information as well. So there is some really good information out there, but it's not really very well shared. So things like reservoir levels and groundwater levels, I think people who work in the industry get to see that sort of information, but the public don't really get to see that information. Uh, not you know, not on the weather forecast, for example. Uh, you know, where you could have something over the winter saying, you know, we're we're back to sixty percent of where we need to be or seventy percent of where we need to be, um, but. You know, it goes out of the public consciousness like uh, Steph, Steph was, was talking about. And it's very much a sort of in the industry discussion uh, that's going on at, the, on at the moment about, you know, how much rainfall do we need over the winter? Is it 100 percent, 120 percent, 80 percent, you know, that sort of thing? I think it's true to say that there are sort of uh, some countries around the world that have, you know, obviously had extreme droughts that, that do communicate much more effectively in some of these topics, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't. <laughs> a great, great example would be um, to have it on the on the weather forecast. Like I mentioned, I think you know you could have something that is just like a a bit like the pollen alert. You know, what's the what's the current water resources situation in in the UK? Or if it was regional TV, it could just be your own sort of you know within a particular region or water company area. Um, you know, that I think that's come up in the past when we've had droughts, but it's never really it's never really taken off. So maybe we need to look at that again. Yeah, and it's something that they um, do in Australia, actually. It's on the news and it's people are very much aware of kind of what the reservoir levels are looking like, um, which helps to drive towards that kind of water efficiency because they are all aware. Um, it's a mu much more at the forefront, I would say. I think you're absolutely right that you, know, you look back at, say, August and it was nonstop media coverage about drought, extreme temperatures, and we're in a kind of sticky position here. And then rains a bit in September and then virtually nothing. And in fact, um, I met with some researchers last week who'd done some customer re research uh, during the summer and they pre were presenting it to me. And they said that one of their questions was about the August water crisis. And I was gobsmacked because in their heads, it's over. It's not a water crisis anymore. And you think, wow, that says a lot. And this was you know, professional market research agencies. Now, if, if, if that's the attitude of, of people who are sort of dabbling a bit in the sector, you know, it, it's quite a big ask to get the, the sort of issues related to water right into people's heads so that they will take action. And it's, a, and it's a struggle. And I think as a community of people, we have to try and take some quite big steps and some bold steps to try and get those messages across. Have you got any kind of favourite ways of trying to do that? Because, I mean, I, lo I love the weather forecast, by the way. That's a great idea. I, I think it would be useful if, um, as a start, we actually knew how much water we used. Um, you know, so quite a lot of the proportion of the population, you know, their water use isn't measured. Um, if it is measured, they might get a figure like once a year. 
So it's really hard for them to sort of put their own use in context with what's going on in the environment around them. So I think it would be really useful to sort of, you know, bring those two things together. So, you know, helping people understand how much they're using um, and they can see how much they might be saving as well, which is a real motivator and put that alongside, you know, a bit more information about what's the current status of water resources, you know, whether that's through TV, radio, uh, weather forecasts, et cetera. So that's what I'd like to see is those two, those two sort of come at it from those two angles. Yeah, and I think even getting a bit more granular as well, I think would be great if we move towards more smarter metering, but the ability to know kind of where exactly you're using water in the home as well, so that you could then reduce that. So if you looked and you knew that I'm spending 70% of my water in the shower, for example, um, then you might look to reduce that shower. Or if it was actually you're doing a lot of clothes washing, then maybe you would look to kind of reduce it in that area as well. So just have more information. No, there are great tips. Um, what are your favourite tips, by the way, to help people save water? I mean, you must, you must, water-wise, you must have tips coming out of your ears. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like obsessed with toilets. Uh, Me strangely. too, Nathan. I'm with you. Don't get him on the subject of toilets. And I think um, you know it's such a waste. It's such a waste. So leaky loos, which you might have covered, I think, before on this program, but um, yes, yeah, one in eight dual flush loos is leaking. And it's hundreds of litres a day. It's like having another couple of like in-laws coming to stay in your house uh, and moving in with you in terms of water use. So, you know, it's it's basically comes down to some really simple design solutions that can that can eradicate that problem. Um, so we, you know, that's what we want to see on that side of things. So, in terms of a tip for the ho- for households, check and see if you've got a leaky loo. You know, put a bit of paper on the back of the pan um, after you flushed it, and then leave it and see if it sort of washes away the other one would be dual flush buttons you know do you know which button does what does what on your <laughs> toilets in your house now we've looked at loads of different designs and for some of them it's literally 50 50 whether you get the right button whether people know which one to press now again that's like a design thing it's a simple solution really that that should be out there um the buttons should be really obvious um but if you don't know which one is which, you can you can sort of do it yourself and just see how long it takes to refill the system. Um, and that will give you an idea of which one is the low, low flush and which one's the high flush. So those would be my uh, my toilet wasting, water wasting tips. Um, and mine would probably be more around the showers. Um, so the one I love is obviously <laughs> is to shower with a bucket. Um, I know that that one's probably a bit obscure and some people may not want to shower with a bucket. Um, but if you did, then you could use that water to obviously flush your toilet or um, use on your non-edible plants. And if you don't want to use a bucket, then just having a shorter shower um, instead of the 10 minutes or you know 20 minutes try and get it down to four and something we like to do at waterwise is use um we have a waterwise playlist uh, on spotify other obviously um ones are available but yeah to try and pick a song around three to four minutes and see if you can uh shower for that length shorter showers is something we absolutely love and we love the playlists we've got our own top top playlists uh at ccw on this as well so yeah we very much like that so nathan if you had a magic wand in terms of anything that you could change to help people save water, what is it that you would do? What would your magic wand be? Um, I'd probably go for um, I'd, my first wish would be to have two wishes, I suppose. That's cheating. You can have two. You um, can say two. That's fine. You can even have three <laughs> to keep them short. <laughs> I think I think I'd like everybody to have like timely 
access to timely information on their water use, you know, so they can get it on their phone, uh, like you can get energy from your smart meter, similar sort of thing. You can see whether you're a business or a house, someone living in um, living at home, you can look it up and see how much water you're using on, on, on your phone. I think that that would really help in terms of like, you know, awareness and motivating people to save water. And then I think link to that, um, it will be really, we really, we really want to see um, labels on products. So water efficiency labels. So at the moment, when you go out and you buy a shower or, uh, you know, some taps or a washing machine, it's really difficult to find out how efficient that product is. You know, is it more water efficient than the product sitting next to it? Uh, you know, unless you read all the technical specifications, it's almost impossible to tell. So um, what we want to see is a water efficiency label on products so that all of us, when we go out and make a decision on which product to buy, we can see which one's more water efficient and that can inform our decisions. So that, yeah, those are the two, the two things really. It's all about information for me. Steph, if you had a magic wand and your one wish, what would you change to help people be more water efficient? Uh, I think just understanding um, the direct impact that turning your tap on has with the environment um, and also to just the awareness as well of how lucky we are in the UK to have the available water that we do. There are obviously countries out there who don't have access to clean drinking water. I think it's one in nine people don't have access to you know, clean drinking water. So to have that awareness that we are really lucky and therefore we should save this finite resource um, and treat it as, as valuable as it is. Yeah, I mean, water certainly is something that we... We don't value until it's not there. And then suddenly it becomes of massive value, which, you know, so I think you're absolutely spot on with that. And look, one of the things that we um, have been asking all our guests uh, are, is about their personal water use. And uh, we've had quite a lot of fun with this, haven't we, Karen? Um, it, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm just saying that out of all the guests and the presenters, what one presenter in particular has a bit of a shameful performance. So I just want to I just want to let you know because the bar has been set quite low. Um, so do you well? First of all, do you know your your personal water consumption in terms of liters per day? Nathan's nodding, so let's go with Nathan first. Well, um, I do, um, but I get a, I've got an app with Anglian Water, and it tells me how much I use. But I get one figure each year. I get one number each year, so it's not very sophisticated. Um, but basically, I work it out based on that. Um, and at the moment, there's two of us in the house, and it's about 110 litres a day. But interestingly, when my three kids were living at home, it was about 90 litres a day. So it's, it seems very dependent to, on occupancy. Because um, I think some of the things we're doing in the house, like you know, doing the washing, doing the washing up, they happen anyway, whether we've got five people or two people or three people. So, um, you know, it's, yeah, just, in, yeah, just interesting. We've actually, our personal use has gone up since the kids moved out. Steph, are you higher or lower than that in terms of your personal? Is this play your cards right now? <laughs> so I would say I used to be lower. I used to be 75 litres. Um, however, it has risen. I have had a baby. Um, so unfortunately, it would appear that having to wash all his clothes uh, and give him extra baths and things like that that I didn't have to do before has made my water usage go up. So I'm now on about 90 litres per person. So still under the 100, which I'm happy about. Um, but definitely, I'm going to try to hopefully get that back down. Wow, that's been both both impressive figures there. Uh, have you got any tips that you would do in your own house that is that yeah you know, that has kind of led to those impressive figures? Uh, I, I've, well, something I do. I've got a big, um, massive sort of jug, 
and I keep it in the kitchen. So when I'm running the tap to try and like, you know, wash, do the washing up and get the hot water out, I've got the jug there so I can fill it up. Um, and I think you, I think you've actually done a, a video of something pretty similar, Mike, on the, on, on Twitter, it's out there on Twitter, I think. But um, basically it's amazing how quick that jug fills up. And then I use it in the garden, for example, like watering my courgettes and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's eight litres in my house to get the hot water to come through our kitchen. But the kitchen and the boiler are like the furthest apart they could be in the house. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite a waste of water when that, um, if you let that go down the drain. Steph, how about you? Have you got a, you got a, f- a favourite little quirky tip in your house? Um, it's probably that I shout at my partner when he's been in the shower for too long to get out. Uh, and likewise, probably avoiding showering as often where we work from home um i do find that that's i don't have to obviously shower every day as i was when i was going out and about as much uh, so it's probably that and dry shampoo is your friend um so i think that's always a brilliant one you don't need to wash your hair every day just a bit of dry shampoo and you're good to go right steph have we been colluding yes or no <laughs> This is, this is music to Mike's ears. Before, before you guys came on air, we were just talking about how I think it's okay to skip a shower a day, right? If, if you've not been doing any exercise, you can just skip it. And I'm not sure that it was met with approval from everyone in the room. So, Steph, I, I love the fact you've just said that. And I also like your shouting at your partner tip. That's awesome. <laughs> well, when I, when, I was a, when I was a kid, um, which is quite a long time ago, uh, we had a bath once a week and you know no shower but we had a bath once a week and shared the water and then the showers came out and they were like initially they were seen as a water saving option and it's completely flipped around now i think you know people are generally having you know a lot of people have a shower a day some of those showers like 20 minutes long so we've seen a huge increase in in like personal water use for washing in the home over the last like 30 or 40 years but yeah it's great to see some um innovations coming forward like uh, water recycling showers and things like that that in the future might help address that now oh, fantastic this has been great guys we've had so many fantastic tips and advice and things we can all take forward and it's all been practical stuff as well which is really really good uh we don't we need to get these guys back on karen oh absolutely because you know we're, we're over, our over reliance on karen as the water saving guru is is <laughs> you know we we need to you know we need to have a, a, a strategy to you know uh, and, 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 and also because I don't appear to be leading by example. <laughs> <laughs> I know absolutely didn't ask what your PCC was, what your consumption was. I think it was on one of the other pod. It was on one of the other podcasts. Was it? Was it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Listen to episode. Is it episode two? Or episode one? I, I really don't want to revisit that. <laughs> okay. Nathan, Steph, it's been fantastic having you on. You've been great guests. And uh, please do come back soon. Yes, definitely. Yeah, thanks for the invite, Karen. Thanks for the invite, Mike. It's been brilliant. This podcast is brought to you by CCW, the voice for water consumers. So that was Nathan and Steph from Waterwise. Great having them on, wasn't it? It was really good to hear, you know, because they're obviously so enthusiastic about what they're doing and they're really on a mission. I know. It's almost like we colluded, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I loved? The... Um, Nathan's toilet <laughs> facts. The one in eight of the dual flush lose leak. I mean, I, I didn't know that actually. And that, that kind of, it's just gambling when you press the button. So it's, it's like toilet roulette. There's, <laughs> there's a great new game we can play. Fun for all the family. Surely flush and roulette. Oh, oh, this is Tom building his part hey, up again. Don't the, get that out, then. I was so excited. The guy is a genius. Uh, 
He won't cut his own bits out, though, will he? He never does, does he? Um, yeah, I just thought that, that, that was really good and really practical stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so nice that your non-showering was vindicated. I know, I know. Although I, I think I'm a bit smelly today. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a yes from Tom then. Loads of stuff in this episode, but unfortunately we've, we're running out of time. But don't forget, you can get in touch with uh, with the waterfall, we've got an email address, haven't we, Karen? We have indeed. It's uh, podcast at ccwater.org.uk. Brilliant. Well, please do drop us a line if you've got uh, any feedback, any comments or any ideas for future shows. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to check out our back catalogue as well. We have got loads of brilliant material there too. But uh, it's time to say goodbye for today. So it's uh, bye from me, Mike. And it's a goodbye from me, Karen.